Ladies and gentlemen, give a big round of applause for none other than Floyd Mayweather. Uh, um, here we go again. I don't know what to say. I know we've been doing this for 21 years. Um, I told you guys I'd come straight ahead. So, you know, with coming straight ahead, I was going to take some contact. I could have sat back and just boxed and, and counterpunched and made it boring. I didn't want to do that. I feel like I owe the fans a last hurrah. So um, I went out there, and that was the game plan. Me and my dad communicated before we went out there. The whole game plan was to go out there and let him shoot heavy shots from the beginning, um, uh, take him down the stretch, and do what we do best. And that's what we did tonight. Um, uh, we had a we had a we had we pretty we had a uh, a cool training camp, you know. I didn't box for for the uh, for the last month. I didn't do no sparring, but you know there's no excuses. Um, he came out here. He fought a hell of a fight, a uh, hell of a stand-up guy. And I went out there and just did what I do best. Uh, uh, found a way to trap him and um, broke him down. And, um, you know, I want to say congratulations to my team, um, strong team. I got, I got a real strong team. I've been working with my team for a lot of years. You know, I've been knowing Dana White for 21 years since I came to Las Vegas. And I'm one of the first guys that believed in Dana White before anybody believed in Dana White. I was the first guy, that, one of the first guys to give Dana White a chance when nobody wanted to give him a chance. Dana, thank you. And um, uh, Leonard Ellaby. Uh, you know, CEO of, of CEO of Mayweather Promotions. We don't always see eye to eye, but at the end of the day, we always get we always get great results, and we get the job done. Uh, me and my father, we doesn't we, we don't always see eye to eye, but we but we always get great results, and that's really what it's about. You know, my publicist Kelly Swanson, um, CBS, Showtime, Steven Espinoza. I mean, there's so many people I want to thank. You know, the CEO of the UFC. Um, you know, the fans from Ireland that came over, and all the media, the MMA media, the boxing media, for covering this event. You know, I wanted to go out with a bang. I told you guys it'd be blood, sweat, and tears. And um, I told you he was, a hell of, uh, he was a hell of a fighter standing up. Kind of shocked me. And um, I told my dad, it was something I was talking to my dad about, that, we, that, we, that me and him would keep amongst us, because certain things don't go out to the public, you know. Um, but we had a game plan. Our game plan was to take our time, let him shoot all his heavy shots, to keep walking him down, keep walking him down, shoot heavy shots to the body, shoot big shots up, up, upstairs. And, he, and my dad said around, my dad thought it was going to be a little bit earlier around the, the 7th or the 6th. But, you know, it, it took us a little longer than we expected, but we did what we, we, did what we said we were going to do. And I promise everybody, remember this. You know, I told you people, I guarantee you this fight wouldn't go the distance. I told you, I was going for the knockout, I was going straight ahead. And with going straight ahead, you're going to take contact. I understand that. But, you know, after 21 years uh, in the sport of boxing, you know, um, I had some great fights, I had some boring fights. But at the end of the day, uh, I will be always remembered as a winner, you know, no matter how you win, as long as you win. And I knew how to, I, you know, I know how to dissect my opponent. I know, I know how to go out there and break him down and just stick to the game plan. Floyd, uh, right straight in, straight in front of you. What up, Kevin? Uh, congrats on the win. First, I, I have a couple questions. First, you mentioned you hadn't sparred uh, in the last month. Was it an injury or why not? Um, 
It was an injury, of course, not an injury like that, but I wanted my hands to be 100% for the fight. You know, I didn't want my, you know, my hands is real brittle. You know, everybody knows that. I wanted to have, I wanted my hands to be solid when I come out here. So when I'm shooting hard shots, you know, I'm able to break the guy down. Whereas if I were to box and I got a, a serious hand injury, I wouldn't, be able, I wouldn't be able to punch as hard. My, my second question, though, is you leave. You were the biggest star. You sold the most pay-per-views, the most tickets. Where does boxing go from here after this? How do you generate the next level of stars? And, and who do you see as the guys that are going to be the ones selling the million pay-per-views and keep up the momentum that you have in 2017 in boxing? Okay, I'm going to touch on that. I want, to, I want to touch on that, Kevin, but I want to say something. We did break the record tonight for the, you know, the biggest gate. Me and Pacquiao done 72 million. I think we done somewhere over 80 million, you know, for the live gate. We also on paper on pay-per-view. It took us so long to come, uh, come out for the fight. I know, I know, all the fans was anticipating like, why are you guys taking so long? The reason why we took so long is because the servers, uh, the pay-per-view server in California and in Florida crashed. So we want to make sure we get everything uh, back in place, you know, everything in the right place so that everybody can see pay-per-view and give everybody a show. And you ask me about who do I think is the next superstar in boxing. And there's a lot of hell of a fighters out there. There's a lot of young lions out there, you know. Uh, you won't see me in the ring no more. So any guy that's calling me out, forget it. I'm okay. You know, I had a great career. I had a tremendous career. Um, I'm proud of Badu Jack. I'm proud of... Javante, Tank Davis, I'm proud of everybody that's under the Mayweather Promotions banner, you know, and of course, you know, I have to say I'm proud of Al Heyman, you know, just uh, being an advisor slash manager, us being business partners, us communicating, us knowing one another for over a decade, and us, you know, uh, taking boxing to that next level, you know, and Steven, and I can't thank Steven enough. And I can't thank Showtime enough or CBS just for believing in me. You know, I had a, you know, when I went to show, I went to Showtime. I told Showtime, these are the things that I want to do. You know, I want to roll the dice and take chances and do record-breaking things. And tonight we broke the Pacquiao pay-per-view number. We we broke. The, all I'm doing is breaking my own record. So, but hopefully I can find the next Floyd Mayweather. That can sell a million homes, Kevin. You know, everything takes time, but eventually we'll find the next superstar. Hey, Floyd. Straight back. Congratulations. Right here, baby. Oh, hey. It's Dan Rayfield here. I know, Dan. All right. You're right for ESPN, Dan. Nice I've been on you forever. Congratulations on the victory tonight. I wanted to ask you uh, one thing about yourself and what about Connor. First of all, now that your career is over, you say you're going back into retirement. Other than your, your business interests with Mayweather Promotions and your Gentleman's Club here in Las Vegas, what other things do you want to do with the rest of your life? I just want to help these fighters. You know, I look forward to becoming a, a boxing trainer. Um, just helping trainers. Far as no different from my dad is a hell of a trainer. You know, um, he taught me the sport. And everything that he taught me from day one, I still know. But I want to help just other trainers help make fighters better. You know, I want to go out there and help fighters better and teach fighters about becoming a, a superstar, not just in the ring, but on the outside. A lot of times fighters think that, oh, I'm undefeated or I'm a knockout puncher. That makes me a superstar. It takes more than that. It, I mean, it takes a, a lot of work on the outside and surround yourself with the right team to become a mega superstar. 
Floyd, my other question for you is, if, I'd like you to just take a minute and assess Conor McGregor that you saw in the ring tonight. I'd like you to maybe mention about what you felt as far as his power, uh, his skills, and frankly, how you think he might do if he was fighting a, a regular fighter, not a Floyd Mayweather. Um, he was, he was solid. You know, I've been off for a couple years, and I'm a lot older now. Remember I told you guys, I'm not the same Floyd Mayweather I was 21 years ago. I told you guys I'm not the same Floyd Mayweather I was two years ago. But remember, I still have a hell of an IQ, and you know, I'm still a thinker. So what I did was, I mean, as far as his punch power, he's solid. I mean, I felt it before, so that's why I kept coming straight ahead. It obviously wasn't the type of power to say, I can't come forward, because if it was that type of power, I wouldn't have came forward. Floyd, just to follow up on Connor, there was a lot of concern coming into this fight that the rules were going to be followed, and it was a little bit rough in times in there. There were some, there were some warnings. How did you feel about the way Connor conducted himself in the ring tonight? Um, I let the referee do his job. You know, I let the referee do his job. I let the referee do his job. I'm not here to bash the referee. I mean, but you guys know what was going on. Um, a lot of rapid punching, a lot. You know, things happen, but, you know, you live and you learn. Um, you know, the referee is a hell of a referee. Conor McGregor is a hell of a fighter. I'm not here to bash anyone. I just went out there to do my job tonight. I did want to ask, at the end of the fifth round, you did have a little push after the bell. I want to kind of wonder what was going through your head at that point. Was that frustration? Was that to send no. a message? What was that about? You know, get the fans what they want to see. I pushed them and told them, you still ain't knocked me out yet. I thought you said it wasn't going past four. Show me your real power. That's all. It was, you know, it just, you know, trash talking that, you know, fighters do, whether it's MMA or boxing. You know, we talk trash. That's what we do. You know, when the best compete against the best, we want to be pushed, and that's, you know, that's how uh, boxing and MMA goes. Floyd, uh, of your 50 victories, what, it, what in your mind was your most impressive? Well, every fight played a major key, you know, uh, not just number 50, just to get to this point. You know, a lot of people ask me about Rocky Marciano. Rocky Marciano is a, is a, is a legend. He paved the way for me to be where I'm at. There's a lot of champions that paved the way, paved the way for me to be where I'm at. I'm very appreciative, very thankful, and um, like I said, every fight counts to me. Not just one fight, uh, not number 48, not number 49, not number 50. Every fight played a major key in, in my career. Can I go? Floyd? I asked you in Toronto uh, the 19th surprise in the build-up in like, the media tour. Can I ask you the same question tonight? Did I mean about McGregor surprise you in the ring tonight? I'll say it again. Did, I surprise, did, did McGregor surprise you anyway tonight? I knew he was going to be awkward from the beginning, but right before we came out, you know, I talked with the, I talked with the legendary trainer, uh, Floyd Mayweather, my father. We talked, and he said, you know, we communicate. You know, when I was younger, you know, when I got older, me and my dad is able to talk. There's a difference between when I'm 21 and I'm 40. Me and my dad is able to have a, a father-son conversation. We communicated, we talked, and then my dad was in the corner a couple of times. And he wanted more out of me, but he knew the reason why, he knew what I was doing. We talked about it in the back. We said, the game plan is let him shoot his low, let him shoot all the hard shots. He's going to try to kill me. He's going to try to, he's going to keep switching, keep switching. We'll take our time, shoot hard shots to the body, eventually break him down. We get him around the sixth and the seventh, but he, he lasts a little, little, little longer than we expected, but, you know, I stuck to the game plan. Uh, Floyd. Over here to your left. Mm -hmm. Hi, Floyd. It's Rivette with Hollywood Unlocked. So I was wondering, the internet 
has been going in on Connor for hitting you in the back of the head a few times. He had a few warnings. Did that throw you off at all? Um, I'm not here to bash anyone. I told you guys what I was going to do. Um, I knew he was going to be a tough competitor. It's about pushing, you know, pushing myself. And in number 49, it wasn't good enough. Number 48 wasn't good enough. So I told you guys I was going to come straight ahead for number 50 can be good. I can't be the, I can't be the fighter and the ref. I have to choose what I'm going to be. And um, a lot of rabbit punches, a lot of hitting in the back of the head, hitting in the back. Once again, I'm not the referee, I'm just a fighter. That's for the referee to do his job. And I told the referee in the back, if you go back and, and view it, when the referee was in the back with me, I told him, he's going to be doing a lot of rapid punching. And my only concern was hitting me in the back of the head. I said, I want him to keep the punches on the side and in the front. But all the shots was coming to the back. But he's tough. He's a tough guy. Floyd, did you feel any effects of age tonight? Oh, no, not at all. I mean, it, I mean, it is what it is, you know. Um, I just know that going straight ahead, if you're going straight ahead, you know, with your, with your guards up, you're going to get some contact. You know, I'm trying to close the gap. He was throwing some awkward shots from an awkward position, you know, landed a couple uppercuts, hooks, you know, but I'm, I'm more like, you know, stay calm, relax. You've been here before because... You know, uh, you can't play into the crowd. You can't play. You can't play into his fans. Just take your time, stick to the game plan, and you'll get the job done. I thought a great example of you know your legacy and how long you've lasted was Gervonta's situation, missing weight. As you reflect on all the difficulties that you have to endure to reach 50 and 0, is that the ultimate sense of pride that you take away from your career? Like what? What, take away from my career, like what? Just, you know, enduring all those things, the, the trying to make weight, taking on each opponent, like you said, dissecting each opponent, figuring each guy out, and doing what you do um, over time. I mean, just throughout my career, when I think about my career, I never wanted, you know, as far as, you know, making weight, when you ask me about Cervante, Tank, making weight, <clears throat> he's young. But when I was young, I think I would have made those same mistakes if I didn't have my father in my life. You know, just being a coach that was extremely hard on me. You know, I think that if he didn't discipline me in boxing, I don't really know where, you know, how my career would have played out. You know, I didn't want to slack, and I didn't want to seem irresponsible or not disciplined. So that's why I always sacrifice. You got to sacrifice something to get something. So that's why I've always made sacrifices uh, to get to a certain level. And to get to the pinnacle, you got to make sacrifices. And that's what I did. Over here. Floyd, uh, I know you said everything went according to plan this night, but is, was there any point that when Connor pushed you to something you didn't want him to do this night? I mean, you follow of what you comment on what he said that he made you fall like a Mexican tonight. Say it again. He wanted to what? The, he said over the ring that uh, he made you fall like a Mexican tonight. Did you, did you, did you buy that? Did you, are, you, are you agree with that? Listen, I could, everybody know in this room <clears throat> that's watched me fight, I could have easily outboxed Conor McGregor, counterpunched him all night. That's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to go out with a bang. I told you guys I would come straight ahead. I feel like I owe that to the fans for the Pacquiao fight.
Even though I don't owe anybody nothing, I put the pressure on myself and did it myself. And that was a goal of mine. And I told you guys that this fight wouldn't go the distance. Go back and look at all the interviews that I did. Flight to A. Hey. Chris Ridgway from The Sportsman. First off, congratulations, not just on tonight, but on 50 fights that have gone your way. Congratulations, well played, sir. The people that we've spoken to ahead of this fight, when we've asked them, what chance does Conor McGregor have? How does he beat Floyd Mayweather? And these are other fighters and just fight fans in general. They said one thing Floyd Mayweather's got to overcome tonight is the will of the Irish. Did you feel the Irish presence in the crowd tonight? I never focus on, <clears throat> I never focus on anything but the guy that's in front of me. Because when it comes down to it, I always said this for many, many years, the fans cannot fight for you. And one thing I know I can do, I can fight. So uh, the fans, when they shout, scream, I, I don't worry about nothing. I just, you know, keep my composure and stick to the game plan. Constantly keep coming ahead, coming ahead, pushing him, pushing him, pushing him back, pushing him back. You know, um, when he first come out for the first 20 seconds of the, of the round, when he, go, when he go down, when he go back to his corner and he sit down, I said, when he come out, he gonna come out for 30 seconds and fight hard, and then he gonna break. And once he break, that's when I'm gonna shoot a hard shot to the body, hit him with a hard shot up top, and keep pushing him back, keep pushing him back. Remember, I told you guys, weight, weight doesn't win fights. Fighting wins fights. And then, you know, when I said talking doesn't win fights, fighting wins fights. Meaning that when we was on the, you know, when we was on stage for the weigh-in, I don't have to do no more talking. We fighting tomorrow, so I did, I did enough talking on our tour, basically. So, you know, everybody said, oh, Mayweather, you was talking on the tour? Okay, I did, I, did, I did a lot of talking on tour, but now it's time to fight. We're 24 hours, we're 24 hours away from one, the biggest fight in the world, the biggest combat fight in the world. There's no need to talk anymore. There's no need to talk anymore. And remember, all the fans that was here, those are soccer fans. And for, for the international people, those are football fans. You know, but he's a hell of a he's a hell of a fighter. And then you know, I, I hear him talking about, oh, you should let me go out on my back or go out on my face. No, the referee saves you because the referee is thinking about your future, because you're still you're still young, you're still young, and we want you to be able to fight, fight again someday. So the referee is saving you. He's not saving me. That's all I'm saying. Hey, Floyd. Um, you, I'd say, I'll say you sound pretty certain on the retirement this time around, but obviously we've uh, heard that before, so I just want, what, what is different this time around, and uh, is, is it a different feeling than previous retirement? Yes, I did walk away from the sport before. Very comfortable. I didn't have to come back. Um, but, you know, um, you know, like I said, we do foolish things sometimes. All of us do foolish things, but I'm not a damn fool. If I see an opportunity to make 300, 350 million in, th in 36 minutes, why not? I had to do it, but this is the last one. You guys have my word. Um, I had a great career, you know, a great career. Um, I can't complain about anything, you know. I can't complain about anything, you know. Steven Espinosa, like I said before, and CBS, they gave me the biggest deal in sports history.
Floyd? Okay. Hi. Thank you. Uh, Karen Bryant for MMA Heat. Floyd, you know, you talked about not sparring, um, and I am curious. Right here. Hey, hey. how are you? Uh, you, you talked about I not sparring. You know, I got a sharp mind. I seen you when I walked in over to the left. Yeah, yeah you did. You looked right at my camera. Thank you so much for that. Okay. <laughs> it's online already. So, um, so you said you didn't spar much for the last month, and then you make the request to have the glove out size dropped. So how did that feel to you tonight? You know, did your punches feel different? Did they feel more powerful? How did that affect your performance, do you think? Remember I told you guys this. In the last, you go back and look at the last press conference. This is exactly what I said. <clears throat> Remember, you can give it, but I've been hit by some of the best punchers in the world throughout my career. Most of the 90% of the time, I'm dishing it out. I told Conor McGregor, this is exactly what I told him. I said, you can, you can dish it out, but you have to be able to take it. The same way you dish it out, you have to be able to take it. Just, just like when you have... Uh, children and you got children and they joking with each other one want to joke with the other but the other don't want but when one feeling good and the other not feeling good they're not in the mood to joke so just like in boxing most times your big punchers they can't take it they could take it early on but down the stretch they can't take it so my other question to you is obviously you guys went back and forth a lot during the press conferences leading up but connor is always somebody who who's noble in defeat. So what was he saying to you inside the ring afterwards? What, what, what did he say when you guys exchanged words after the fight? I just told him, you're tough. I told him, you know, you're a tough competitor. Uh, good fight. You know, and keep up, you know, keep up the good work, basically. You know, I always want to carry myself like a gentleman, even though, you know, uh, you got to realize when we in the press conference, when we, when we doing what we doing, that's my job. You know, he's the notorious one. I'm the money man. So. We got to get a get a fan what they want to see. When a fan, when a fan, you know, when we done the press tour, we went to four four cities and three countries in four four or five days. So when we had arenas like this packed with 20,000 fans, we got to give them a show. And a lot of people thought it was fake. No, we we didn't like each other. And we probably still don't like each other, but we still had to, we still had to handle act like gentlemen at the end of the day, you know. I can't come here, you know, after making, you know, over 300 million, I'm not finna be like, oh, I don't like you. Good fight, you know, make your career go on. Floyd, right here in front. Floyd, have you had a chance to talk to your kids yet? And what does it mean to you and your family to have you finally officially retired? And, and what does that mean to them? Um, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure they're happy. You know, I, I'm pretty sure they're happy because... They get to see me a lot more. You know, we get to spend a lot, spend a lot more time together, and that's really what it's about. You know, it's, it's about family. You know, um, I came out here first, you know, to Vegas. Well, my Uncle Roger came out here to Vegas first, and then um, I didn't even have no plans on moving. Actually, I didn't even have no plans on moving to Las Vegas. I came out here, you know, uh, turned professional at 19, um, and I can remember when I turned professional, because I always talk about this story in the dressing room, you know, at, at the Mayweather Boxing Club. I go in the back, you know, when I went to Top Rank Promotion Company, I went, when, I went, when I went inside the office, I looked. And they said, they was talking. Then they moved a piece of paper out the way. Then I seen that check. To myself, I was like, I was like, damn. I ain't never seen that many O's in my life. Because <clears throat> I'm from, you know, I'm from the, 
I come from poverty. I come from the inner, inner city. The check was only $100,000. But to me, when I seen the check, it looked like $100 million because I'm from the inner city. I've never seen those type of numbers. You know, hood rich, hood rich to me is, you know, thirty or forty, sixty thousand dollars. That's hood rich. You hear about it, but when you actually seeing a hundred thousand, everything top rank was saying to me, I didn't hear anything. <clears throat> I just wanted to sign on a dotted line and get the check, and I felt like I was the richest man in the world at 19, <clears throat> receiving a hundred thousand dollars. But, you know, I, I went to the I went to the gym. I never slacked. I continue to work hard every day. I never put nothing before I put in my box, and nothing. I worked hard, extre extremely hard every day. Um, my dad still was in prison because, you know, my dad left my life when I was 16. When my dad came back to my life, when, when my dad came back in my life, I was 21. So a lot of people want to kind of know about our relationship. So it was kind of rocky, you know. When my dad, when my dad left me, I was, I was basically. A, a teenage kid and when he come back into my life I'm an adult because I'm paying my own bills I'm responsible I got my own house I got my own car I got my own everything so it's kind of hard for us to really get on the same page <clears throat> he still is the best trainer to ever train me hands down I mean because I beat all these fighters with everything that my dad taught me there's key things to there's key things in boxing that I'm just in fighting period that fighters need and that's why I had to up so most fighters is because I've done those key things that my dad taught me. Floyd, uh, right here. Congratulations. Um, you're famous all around the world for your defensive skills but I was wondering how exciting it was in that 10th round when you were landing one shot after the other just before the the refs uh, stopped the, the fight that you know to let it go all those you know those last shots of your career. I mean Connor, Connor of course, I mean, it's like, it's like a catch-22. If he didn't get knocked out, I mean, if he didn't get, if, if he hit the canvas, then he, they would have said, why you guys didn't stop it earlier? Then when you stop it, you're going to say, oh, I didn't hit the canvas. I mean, you didn't throw a punch for a whole one minute and was getting hit with big shots. But like I said, I'm not here to bash Conor McGregor. I'm not here to do that. We talk, we done enough talking. I told him before, we'd both done a, a lot of talking. You know, a lot of barking. It's time to bite. That was it. What we at? Here in the back, uh, Salvador Rodriguez from ESPN Deportes, Floyd. Here, you back. Oh, I know you. What's up? Yeah, thank you. Floyd, what do you think that this is your legacy in the sport? What is the, the things that you change in this sport that you show to the, to the young guys? What is your legacy around the, your career? Uh, running by me again? Yeah, what do you think that this is your legacy in boxing? Uh, what do you show I mean, to, the, to the new guys? What do you change in this sport? Um, I think, you know, every day, I think even communicating with Steven Espinosa of Showtime. Every day we're trying to find that next Floyd Mayweather. It's not easy. It's not easy. And I'm pretty sure Steven was extremely happy when I said, uh, we're going to do this fight. You know, I'm the first one that talked to the CEO of the UFC. Um, one day I was on the phone with the CEO of, of the UFC. 
And I said, yo, uh, me and Connor can fight. And he was like, no, Floyd, not that fight. I don't think he's gonna, he want to fight. But eventually, we made it happen. But as far as my legacy, um, you know, the most important thing to me about my career is the things that I did on the outside. You know, making the money on the inside, but making my money work for me on the outside. That's the most important thing to me about my career. Thank you. Thank you. No, you got to... Yeah, we're going to let a few more go because that guy came to Girl Collection and gave me an interview. He went to MMA, but he cool. He did support my strip club. Okay. To your left, Floyd. To your left, right here. Over here, Floyd. Robert Littal, Black right, Sports my, Online. What's up, family? How you doing, my man? <laughs> All right, you got it. Thank you. Hold my laptop. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, the question that I had for you is, now that your career is over, I was at the gym a couple of days ago. You see Adrian Broner. You see Errol Spence. Uh, a lot of these young African-American fighters look up to you, not what you did inside of the ring, but what you did outside of the ring. What is the... What are a couple of things that you try to teach these young African-American fighters who a lot of times feel like they are villainized uh, because they're black uh, to, to make it not just inside of the ring but outside of the ring? Well, I, when, when these young fighters get their checks, you know, when they get their checks, we can't think about just right now. You know, a lot of fighters, I was, I was like that, when I, but I got the money real young. The 100000 that I, that's the, that was the first check I got, but all throughout that week I got some more checks from top rank. So, you know, I think by the time I, by the time I was 20, probably by the time I was 20, 21, I was a millionaire. But these, these, these young fighters want to buy, they, they see Floyd Mayweather with all the watches, all the diamond chains, all the cars. They have to invest their money. That's very, very, very important. They have to invest their money. And that's what I try to teach him, teach them. You know, Floyd Mayweather is able to buy a diamond chain, a, a car, a house, every month from smart investments. You know, you have to, you know, when, you, when I get with my billionaire buddies, when I get with my billionaire buddies, I don't get with my billionaire buddies and say, oh, I'm happy to hang in your house, or I'm happy to ride on your jet. You know, I don't, I don't say that, oh, I'm happy to ride on your yacht. I say, teach me, what you, teach me how you did it so I can have the same thing. So my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren can have it. Because I try to t teach these fighters that becoming rich, you, 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 can be, you, you become rich. Wealth is something that is established to where wealth, when you're getting millions every month, you know, like myself, making, million dollars, making millions, millions every month. But, you know, you know, I have to take my hat off to Al Heyman also because he's, he's, a, he's a very, very shrewd businessman. He's fucking unbelievable. Al Heyman is unbelievable. And we all, we, we all know, you know, Al Heyman is, he don't, he don't really like his name mentioned. He like to stay behind the scene, stay behind the scenes. But everything that we came together and did is remarkable. When, when I wanted the, the biggest deal in sports history, him and Steven got together and we made it happen when, you know, with everything, you know, with all the jets, with the three private jets and the mansions all around the world, he was a part of everything, helping me uh, uh, reach, get, get and reach everything that I wanted to do 
in life. So, you know what I mean? And a lot of people keep on saying, they think that Sam Watson is Al Heyman. Al Heyman is the guy that's probably in here tonight, but he's probably sitting up there. You know, he liked to, he liked to lay behind the scenes. Hell of a guy, though. At any time I went to him or I went to Steven, I went to CBS, I went to Showtime, everything that I asked of them, they did. Even like with the Hublot deal, you know, um, you know, I got on, yeah, of course I got on the Hublot right now because I cut a multi-million dollar deal with Hublot. You know, I made millions and millions of dollars with Hublot just for, you know, less than 30 minutes. You know, I'm talking about millions of dollars. And then also, you know, like I said before, I learned how to work smarter, not harder. No different from this. You know, I got this hat on up here for a reason. And normally you guys would see me with a money team hat on, so you know they had to pay a hefty price for me to have this hat on. So that's just how it works. Where we at? Next question. How you doing, Floyd? Uh, Tony Centeno, Vibe Magazine. Vibe magazine. Um, before the fight, you released a 42-track playlist, uh, Hard Work and Dedication. Um, now tonight, you know, before and after, what kind of records were playing in your ear, um, aside from the records from that playlist? Uh, on my way, you know, to the venue, what I, what I was playing, everybody always see me on social media with the old school iPod. Because the new, the new school iPod, you're not able to shuffle the songs. But the old school iPod, you can have more diamonds on the old school iPod, and you're able to shuffle those songs. But what I'm listening to is a lot of, I like a lot of old school music. You know, a lot of old school music. Um, come on in, Connor. Listen, I'm listening to a lot of old school music, a lot of old school R&B, a lot of old school rap. What about that Bodak Yellow? Who? Bodak Yellow, Cardi B. Oh, Cardi B, she's, a, I mean, she's making a mark, you know. She, she's make, she, she done an amazing job to come from, you know, uh, a castle loving hip-hop to having a, a big song. She, she's truly amazing. 